Ashley's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Welcome to Ashling's UN Insights. Having recently returned from an internship at the United Nations headquarters in New York, and with my family growing weary of my constant yammering on about it, I've decided to pass on what I've learned to you lovely listeners. The UN is heralding the 2020s as their decade of action. So what exactly is it that they're working on? This week we're looking at Sustainable Development Goal number 13, entitled Climate Action. This Sustainable Development Goal aims to take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts. This includes goals to strengthen the resilience and ability to adapt to climate-related hazards and natural disasters in all countries, to include climate change measures in national policies, strategies and planning, and to improve education and awareness for both people and institutions of climate change mitigation, adaptation, impact reduction and early warning. The UN hoped to achieve this through a variety of methods, such as implementing the commitment many countries made to jointly make $100 billion a year available to address the needs of low-income countries in relation to climate change mitigation and adaptation. And the UN also want to make the Green Climate Fund operational as soon as possible. The UN is also promoting an increase in the capacity of many countries to have effective climate change related planning and management with a focus on the impact on women, youth and local and marginalised communities. So, how close are we to achieving those goals? Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it is estimated that there will have been a 6% drop in greenhouse gas emissions in 2020 but this is still short of the 7.6% annual reduction in greenhouse gases which is required to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. There have been high levels of new private investment in renewable energy, but unfortunately investment in fossil fuels continues to be higher than investment in climate change mitigation and adaptation, and yet climate change continues to increase the frequency and severity of natural disasters, such as wildfires, droughts, hurricanes and floods, with over 39 million people being affected by natural disasters in 2018. Although urgent action is needed to limit global warming, it seems that the opportunity provided by the economic slowdown related to the COVID-19 pandemic to make systematic shifts and move towards lower greenhouse gas emissions and climate-resilient economies and societies has been missed. Far more ambitious plans and accelerated action are needed to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The scope of the United Nations is huge, since there are many departments tackling different global issues. So each week I'm shining the spotlight on one department and looking at the work that they do. This week I want to look at the United Nations Office of Counterterrorism, whose acronym is UNOCT. It was established in 2017 and has five main functions. The UNOCT provides leadership to the General Assembly on mandates and discussions related to counterterrorism and aims to enhance coordination and cooperation across member states in their attempts to implement the UN Global Counterterrorism Strategy. The UNOCT also assists member states in increasing their counterterrorism capacity 
improving the visibility, advocacy and resource mobilisation for the United Nations counterterrorism efforts and ensuring that due priority is given to counterterrorism throughout the extensive United Nations system with important emphasis on preventing violent extremism. The UN Global Counterterrorism Strategy, which the UN OCT assists member states to implement, has four main goals. These are to address the conditions conducive to the spread of terrorism, to implement measures to prevent and combat terrorism, and to increase member states' capacity to do this. Importantly, the final main goal is to have measures that ensure respect for human rights for all and the rule of law are the fundamental basis for the fight against terrorism. Within the UNOCT, the Special Projects and Innovation Branch works to strengthen member states' abilities to detect, track and counter the journeys of terrorists, to promote sports and its values as an important tool to prevent radicalisation and violent extremism conducive to terrorism, and to support parliamentary action around the globe to counter terrorism and prevent violent extremism. Also within the UNOCT, the UN Counterterrorism Centre has many programmes to implement the UN Global Counterterrorism Strategy, including those related to cyber security, prison management, border security, youth engagement, human rights, south-to-south cooperation and counterterrorism financing. This shows how extensive the work of the United Nations Office of Counterterrorism is. There is only one International Day this week. These days aim to raise awareness of a particular global issue, and if any of these topics really pique your interest, then I encourage you to look into them further, as that is exactly the aim of declaring International Days in this way. Wednesday the 12th of August was International Youth Day. The UN describes this as an opportunity to celebrate and mainstream young people's voices, actions and initiatives, as well as their meaningful, universal and equitable engagement. The theme for 2020 is Youth Engagement for Global Action, which aims to highlight how engaging young people at the local, national and global levels enriches national and multilateral institutions and processes. It is also a chance to consider how the representation and engagement of young people in formal institutional politics can be greatly increased. So, what has been discussed at the UN this week? As before, if any of the things I mention particularly catch your attention, then you can hop on the UN Web TV website and watch the meetings in full. On Monday, there was a Security Council meeting about the situation in Guinea-Bissau. They discussed concerns about the impact of COVID-19 and the heightened political tensions there. They also discussed the threats posed by drug trafficking and organised crime to peace and security in Guinea-Bissau, specifically highlighting recent seizures of large quantities of cocaine by law enforcement. On Monday, there was also a meeting about the humanitarian situation in Lebanon in light of the explosion which happened on the 4th of August. The United Nations Secretary-General, Antonio Guterres, delivered a speech expressing his solidarity with the people of Lebanon. He discussed actions the United Nations and its agencies were taking to assist the people of Lebanon, including providing food and medicine, and called for robust international support for the people of Lebanon. On Wednesday, there was a meeting about the challenges of sustaining peace during the COVID-19 pandemic. 
the United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres highlighted the need for positive peace. Rather than just ending wars, the international community must support countries after conflict has stopped until people feel safe and represented. He warned of the dangers of eroding public trust in institutions and systems of governance and the destabilisation of the global economy. He also criticised countries for their treatment of peaceful protesters over the last few months and for postponing various votes and referenda during the pandemic. That's all from me for now, but join me next week for more UN insights and news. See you then! Ashling's UN Insights, a weekly look at the work of the United Nations. Radio.